Don't miss the 22nd annual Thunder by the Bay Music and Motorcycle Festival, February 14th through 16th at the Sarasota Fairgrounds. Presented by Rossiter's Harley-Davidson and SNS Motorsports. Bring your lawn chair and enjoy continuous live music featuring Warren. On February 15th, enjoy over 100 vendors, two bike shows, freestyle acts, a craft beer garden, and more. Admission's just $5, 12 and under free. VIP and three-day festival passes are available. Proceeds benefit Suncoast Charities for Children. For tickets and more information, visit thunderbythebay.org. Welcome to Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb. Heard each Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. on 1490 a.m. WWPR. And now, here's Chuck and Deb. Hi, I'm Chuck. And Deb. And welcome to Biker Life Radio. We're so truly grateful and thankful that you've joined us today. We have a fantastic show lined up just for you. Biker Life Radio is for those who are inspired to ride and those who inspire others to ride. We are here to reveal the truth behind the motorcycle mystique and bring real life stories of the biker lifestyle. All right, and we do have some real life stories stories, don't we, Deb? <laughs> oh, gosh. It was a weekend of biker lifestyle. Biker sure. debauchery. Whoa, whoa, that's a big old word. What do you mean by well, that? I just phrased it. I just coined phrased it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. I don't, I don't know. Biker debauchery. Debauchery. That's a whole Maybe somebody's going to write a book next. It'll be biker debauchery. Well, we have to make sure we thank some sponsors today. We oh. have our show sponsors, our Tony and Guy Hairdressing Academy. And we're talking about debauchery. I know. That's at perfect a, for our sponsors, right? Yeah. Out of Colorado Springs, Colorado and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So if you are ready to crank up your engines, put your chins in the wind, knees in the breeze, and seats in the saddle, then hang on because we're about to get rolling. We are not just going to get rolling. We're going to kickstart the show right now and rev it up into high gear, Deb. High gear with because, that biker debauchery. Because I'm following you. You are. Oh, That's gosh. right. I'm, I only showed up today. <laughs> I just get to do the technical stuff. You're supposed to do all the other stuff. Wow, that's a pretty high pressure. So let's begin with, um, I guess, really from a biker lifestyle. It started this weekend, yes? Oh, yeah, it started right, it was, yeah. It was kick-started. So those that may not have listened last week, this past Saturday was Dutch's uh, first book signing at the world-famous Ride Hard Saloon, and it was a phenomenal turnout. We did some great things. We were able to do a Podbean Live for the first time, and that was pretty exciting. We had someone actually join the... Um, live podcast all the way from Nigeria. And uh, that was a pretty cool connection there that we were able to have happen. That's why you're a blonde. That was a different day. But yes, we did have somebody from Nigeria. I don't remember his name right now, but he knows who he is because he's following us right now on Podbean. If if I remember right, Deb, it was like, uh, oh, I wish I had it in front of me. But Hello, Nigeria. That's right. All the way from and beautiful Florida. The interesting thing, thing about that is that he was an author. Yes. And so he just happened to see our show live on Podbean. So he hopped on and we had a little bit of a conversation. That was at the Super Bowl party, Deb, not at the Ride Hard, the world famous Ride Hard Saloon. Okay. Uh, where we had Dutch's book signing. It was a pretty full, long weekend. So for me, a lot of it's like uh, obviously I'm blonde. So a lot of it is just <laughs> see, kind see of running into each other. So, you know, I was. I was up very early in the morning and up extremely late in the evening both days so uh, I actually I was excited I had a great class the weather was a little cold Saturday was very wet it wasn't just a little bit wet it rained the entire morning out on the range but I had a good group of six people a lot of experienced riders but also some new riders so it was a good blend a good mix one female uh, rider in the class did excellent so kudos to her for uh, enduring all the men and testosterone that was in that group but a good group of riders 
riders. And so it was a fun class, fun weekend. But then that didn't end. Boy, the minute I left the range and left uh, my teaching world, I was right into the other sorts of biker lifestyle. So I'm glad that you brought up your riding coach. I always like to talk to you about these kind of things because sometimes you share things with me and that I think that you should share with some of our listeners. Okay. And you didn't talk to me at all this weekend. Well, we talked a lot about all sorts of other stuff. We even haven't had a half of a breath to talk about much of the rest of life. Well, but, but no, you had some interesting conversations. Always, uh, it's got to be interesting. You're meeting new people. Yes. And uh, these are people that have uh, a zeal to ride, to get on a motorcycle. They've got to get their motorcycle license uh, endorsement, which Correct. is a license, essentially. Yes. And it's a license to ride. Is that right? That is. Uh, it's, it's a license for freedom to me, I believe. So I love that. And um, yeah, many of them, uh, one in particular, there are a couple of pretty interesting stories. One of them in particular had been riding for quite some time unlicensed and I'm not sure if it was a requirement that he come to class if you know what I mean but um, and the others had previous experience I believe in other countries and or two of them actually had other country experience and really were interested in learning how we ride in the United States and the difference type different types of riding that we do um, that was very different than what their what experiences does that were mean? so one of them was from <laughs> India and he said the way we ride motorcycles here in the United States is significantly different than how they ride them in India. And so we didn't elaborate too much, but he just he just he was a great rider, did an excellent job, just loved the class. And but it was almost like he was coming back to it after a long time of being separated. So I could see the happiness on his face. Um, the female rider, what's funny about that, and I know we've talked about this off and on from time to time, is the mindset in the motorcycling world. And what kind of threw me off balance with her is that she constantly questioned herself and her abilities, wasn't really happy with the way she was riding. But at the end of the entire program, she actually was the best on the test. So she only scored one point, one really small little mess up, and she kicked those boys' butts. Not that I would ever tell them, but you know, sometimes you just have to give credit where credit's due. Well, you got to love the lady riders for sure. And you know, you actually actually told me a story that when you were doing your evaluation with her, am I saying it correctly? Yes. Yeah, so so at the review. end, so explain to our listeners what takes place on the course and then how things are wrapped up. So, so people that might be coming have an idea what to expect when they get there. Okay. Well, every writer coach may, I believe does it a little bit differently. This is just how I do it because when you're on the motorcycle in that test world, your mind, all you can think about is the test in front of you. So for me, after the test is all done and they're trying to make sure they do everything perfectly is that I like to take them over one at a time and actually see how they felt they did with the process. And then I show them my side of the evaluation and all the skills and the things that I'm looking for. And then I actually have the ability to show them where they can improve. Now, normally, does that correlate? In other words, do they know where they messed up and what you had marked down? Sometimes, sometimes they're way off track. Some of them, I know I have sometimes they'll show up and they'll go, oh, I did so horrible. And I go, really? And, you know, we then begin to have a conversation and dissect each one of the skills um, piece by piece and see what they felt they did wrong. But at the end of the day, I believe every single person in every class I've taught, which there have been a lot, there are two key skills that you can never grow old working on. And I know that we, you and I, when we're out riding, we're constantly working on them. We never talk about it, but I just see it in action. So the two key skills, I believe, for excellence in riding that you got to, it's kind of like that anvil, you got to keep your uh, knife sharpened, is your swerving techniques and your quick stopping techniques. Swerving techniques? Yes. Like explain. Well, we oftentimes will I have like discussion swerve. when you're sitting. <laughs> I know. And when you're sitting at an intersection or a traffic light or whatever the case may be, and you are heading straight through the intersection, but there is a car heading left turning into your path of travel. We have talked about this several times. Oh, yeah. Are you going to swerve to the right? around the back end of the vehicle or are you going to swerve to the right end into the front or go straight how are you going to handle that situation and i think if you really find 
fine tune your your skills for swerving, then you'll know the right answer because here's the here's the thing in my mind. If I'm heading through that intersection and all of a sudden they're through it and they spot you, what do you think their natural reaction is going to do? They're going to stop. They're going to stop. So do you go around them to the front and hope and pray they stop? Or do you swerve around the back of them knowing they're going to stop and just make sure that your swerve is a little bit deeper? Well, my initial reaction is that they would stop because that's what I was thinking. That's that's what puts the variable in all this. So to me, it doesn't really matter how good of a swerver you are because the variable is them. So True. if they stop, okay, maybe you can react in a, in a quick way, uh, but you have some that'll press on the gas. Correct. And if you swerve behind them, though, your safest route, which I believe is but, going to be easier to do and man- maneuver than if they... And but th- But that's also what we've talked about because I believe that, and I'm not certain on this, this is just my belief, is that the natural uh, instinct reaction would be go to in front of the car or right in, in the case. I because agree. you're going to go, that's just, I don't know, for some reason to me, instinctively I might go right, but if I see an opening to the left, I may go there. So if I was to go to the right and they speed up, well, you know, I mean, it's you. there's such a big variable there. It's True. hard to say what's right and what's wrong. Absolutely. And you have a... Uh, you don't even have a split you split That's second right. i mean the, the timing is it's an instant it is an instant it's just a, a tough call to have to make but anyway but, so talk but to the me idea more about is that. is that muscle memory works when you need it so if you're constantly practicing those skills and sharpening and making sure that you're very fluid in your movements especially on the swerving when you need that reaction time it'll be there for you the problem is is that so many people don't practice and then all of a sudden they say things like i had to lay the bike down and i just i i hate to hear that comment from riders you know because i i would hope that as a rider i have a choice on the actions that I take on my motorcycle. I chose there may to be lay a time down. that you have to lay down your bike. I don't know. I'm not going to dispute any of that. No. But your muscle memory that you're talking about, for me, I would imagine it comes to comfort. So if I'm better swerving to the right, then I'm going to automatically swerve to the right. If I'm better swerving to the left, then more maybe I'll go to the left. Or if I'm better just laying on the throttle. Pulling my front end up and riding and doing a jump right over the vehicle, then that's probably what I would do. Absolutely, you know, I can see you doing that all oh, day yeah, long. I yeah, see you that and too. Evil Knievel. So you're you're <laughs> In right. My dreams. And, and we do all have a dominant side, especially for turning one that just feels more comfortable, and that's usually a, a good. Um, aha moment for students too is because they'll say you know why are left turns easier for me than right turns and then the next student comes up why are right turns easier for me than left turns and we just all have kind of it is a a dominant i don't know how to describe it i don't know so then we talk about techniques to make one a little bit better but oftentimes we'll get into that another time but yeah so it's just it was interesting and i love the fact that um, every class makes me rethink my skills, things that I'm going to do differently when I ride and, you know, helping them to fine tune and sharpen their skills, too. And so we, we went all the way around this because you started talking about the story you told me. But I wanted you to give an example what people could expect while they were on the course. And one of the things is the evaluation that you do at the very end. Correct. Yes. In this particular case, you pulled the lady rider over mm-hmm. and she was doing her evaluation. And you told her some things that you didn't want the other um guys to know yeah. that were there is that right deb well she rocked it out and i didn't want her to i she needed to know that because she was questioning her riding abilities all weekend and there were a, a couple of um, technical things with the motorcycle that she and i had to work through together but at the end of the day she she missed one she knew she missed one item on the skills test and so you know i i just kudos to her because she did an excellent job but she needs to feel that confidence because if she's always questioning herself the way she was on the range i would be nervous that it would impact her riding ability because she's just not feeling confident about how she is on the road so my thought is is that if someone were to say that to me i mean my head would swell up well, yes. in, in other words, I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Dutch, good, I know. Don't, you know, no yeah, comment. He doesn't need to <laughs> go talk about that. Anyway, <laughs> the whole idea, my thought was, is that what you actually instilled in her was probably some positive self-confidence. And by you saying that, I would imagine that's something that she might remember for quite a long time. 
I would hope so because that's that that was my goal is to help her feel better about her writing abilities and it's not an overconfidence it's just you know looking at things in a real perspective and not always thinking that you're just not going to be good enough because you're right that self-esteem goes into every aspect of our life and I believe that a lot of that is what my job is as a writer coach out there on the range is to not impact them just for that moment but be a positive impact for the rest of their life and it's always interesting how we have people or you do you have people come into the class and there's always mindset difficulties and I'm not you know I'm not one not to have them as a matter of fact I was very difficult as a student uh, (laughs) out there for the other writer coaches Uh, mine was more of an arrogant cocky uh, writer but it got me to pass the class and uh, it's still you know you know you think that got you to pass the class it didn't Mm, I don't think so I think it actually (laughs) hurt you probably held you back a little bit because if you just would have been willing to learn what they were trying to teach you maybe you would be a different writer today I think what I was really trying to say is that my mindset was probably there but also at the same time my mindset for me it was about testing and I've got all this issue about testing so you know, it stressed me out. Right. So I got I got upset about little things. You know, like slow down. Somebody told me to slow down. Yeah, you I remember think that, that was, Deb? I think that was crossing an obstacle. No, you oh know? yeah, that's right. Mm. No, you've got to do something over the board a different way. I'm, and so you know, I, I didn't like that. I took it personally. You have a lot of that when you're out there coaching. Taking it personally? No, not at all. I don't. I mean, oh, so that I was do, just is exclusive no, to me. No, I thought you were talking about me <laughs> taking it personally. But no. I do have students from time to time that come in with that and I did have one this class as well you know I would give an instruction and they would write it their own way and I you know sometimes sometimes if they're the learning objective is being met then how much I'm not there to to battle wits you know that's not what I'm there I'm there to help guide and coach the student to be a better writer and get their endorsement that at the end of the day that's the focus so again we talk about this over and over again because it is a very important it's important to have the proper mindset even when you get your license and when you're out riding on the road. Absolutely correct. So this whole thing, this all, I'll call it a game, if you will, is about mindset, going into your class, uh, taking the exam, all that. And we all have our fears. We all have our doubts. And those are the things that we have to be able to overcome. And that's why getting on a motorcycle is uh, what what is uh, what was squirrel's line? You know, if Dutch was here, he would tell us squirrel's line was, you know, riding a motorcycle is like life. You've got to keep everything in balance. That's a great okay? way to. And I did it. steal that from squirrel uh, because that's a great way to look at it. But, you know, we do have these mindset things, but the course is actually a way to train the mindset. And then what they have to do, Deb, is what happens when they leave the course? They have to continue to work on that mindset. What What are some advice on that? Because we got to go to a quick break in a second. Yep. I, I absolutely encourage everyone because it is so connected to mindset is that after after you get your endorsement, every ride, and I just give a practical example, you know, most oftentimes when we're out riding, we get home and we do a self-reflection on riding. And I recommend that they do that because there's times when either one year behind me and you see something that I didn't see. And you, it's important that you share that with me. So as a new rider and or experienced rider, that mindset is something that's constantly something I encourage them to do as a new rider to get out there and really reflect on every single ride what can you do better what can you do different what could change you know what what did you make choices that weren't the best and or that were awesome choices so really doing that self-reflection every ride just to become a better stronger uh rider and and i think what you're saying is because somebody like me because that's the way i am might take that to where you're thinking about every time you go out riding you just need to be thinking about how you're riding well i'm not that kind of person i'm just enjoying the ride i'm going with it but there are times and circumstances and events that take place that I need to learn from, that I need to question. And sometimes when I'm writing, I do question things. All right, what's this guy doing? Is he going to go left, going to go right? Is he stopping? All these different things, because that's part of what it is to ride. Actually, that's, um, for me, the great mind escape. 
because I'm in a different frame of mind. Sure. I'm looking at things in a different way. And so it takes me out of what I might, might maybe be accustomed to, where what maybe is being stressed at work or whatever it might be. That's the whole idea about getting out. So anything else you got to add before we go? We're a little bit over here. No, I, and I think that's great because, yeah, we're, I'm not writing thinking about every little detail I do, but it's nice to have someone that I go out riding with that we can just have those conversations. It's just a continuation of the ride a little bit afterwards and just kind of, you know, it was a great ride, whether it was scenery we saw or whatever the case may be. So it's a great time to reflect. And I just encourage that. All right. So before we go, we always, our show here is really about encouraging those that ride. Yes. Obviously we have a show here that are, that is designed for those who ride. And we also are here to encourage those who have a desire to ride. Yeah. So Deb, how could somebody go about finding out how they go take the course? Course, get a hold of you, get a hold of Rossiters, whatever it is. Can you give them uh, what it is they need to know? And then we'll take a break, okay? Sure, absolutely. If you'd like to take the course, uh, Rider Coach Deb, I'm teaching uh, at least once a month, if not twice a month, for, uh, at Rossiters Harley Davidson. So feel free to and that's contact in Sarasota. Sarasota, Florida, Rossiters Harley Davidson. You can either ask for Lori or Eric, and they will be happy to get you started with the class. A great Harley Davidson dealership. But I also know that any of the schools, especially Harley-Davidson schools, we go through an additional process of certification. So I know you're getting a top-notch education. I would love to be your rider coach, and I just enjoy the opportunity to be able to coach and teach and share my passion with others. You're also welcome, if you'd like to, on the podcast page and or Facebook page, you're welcome to message us, to comment, and I'll be happy to give whatever information I can to pass along. So reach out to us. I would love to share that with you and give... um, everyone the opportunity to learn their way of learning in order to become an excellent rider on the road fantastic let's get right to our sponsors and we'll be right back don't miss the 22nd annual thunder by the bay music and motorcycle festival february 14th through 16th at the sarasota fairground presented by rossiter's harley davidson and sns motorsports bring your lawn chair and enjoy continuous live music featuring warrant On February 15th, enjoy over 100 vendors, two bike shows, freestyle acts, a craft beer garden, and more. Admission's just $5, 12 and under free. VIP and three-day festival passes are available. Proceeds benefit Suncoast Charities for Children. For tickets and more information, visit thunderbythebay.org. All right, welcome back. We're truly grateful and thankful that you're still here. Deb, I really appreciated talking to you about that with the the writer coach and being out there and people getting their endorsement. And it's always neat to me. It's uh, because I always want to go out there and just like push people around, make them do things. (laughs) Kick them, knock them down. I'm just kidding. I know. Because you got to have a certain personality to be able to do that if you ask me. I, I don't know if I'd be very good at that. So anyway, speaking about being very good at something, um, we have uh, Dust Van Austin coming up. That's true. And we got we were very fortunate uh, this weekend to spend some time with him. It was a great time. But before we go there, I just do want to mention I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna do what I already you know always get on you about Uh-oh. taking things out of order. But I just I want to make sure that I don't forget to thank Justin and his family for having us over to his house on Super Bowl Sunday. They it was is fantastic. The food was awesome. Uh, the layout was elaborate, was it not? It was crazy amazing. I was trying to describe it to someone the other day and it was it's hard to I can like paint the visual picture but the way it all worked, it just was awesome. And you've got to give a lot of respect. So if you're ever invited to one of these parties, the host put a lot of time and effort in these parties to have you there. They're the ones that stuck at the end cleaning up the mess. For instance, Justin pretty much had to empty out his garage Yes. Which means his motorcycle, his golf clubs, and uh, numerous <laughs> other things. Right. In order for people to stand within the garage, then he had his driveway lined up with a tent over it. Yep. And we had a heater. Yes, we had a heater here in Florida out yes. there. Thank you, Justin, because that worked out real nice. Huh. And uh, then he had couches lined up down the side. And at the end was this uh, inflatable screen. And they had the projector of the game on it, which looked really good, especially during halftime. 
And I don't know that we want to go into halftime. No, I don't think so. <laughs> There's been enough. I loved the it. stripper pole. So it's all works for me <laughs> and it probably works for the rest of the bikers on yeah, here. Yeah. Anyway. So again, on. you know, there's a lot of work that went into that. So Justin, thank you so much. It was a really honor to have you to invite us over. We had a great time and your food was awesome and the people there seemed really nice as well. So right. we just uh, want to do a shout out to you and say a great big thanks. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Justin. He did an amazing spread of food. And then, of course, every bro- everyone else brought more along with it. And it just was like never ending food, which is really cool. I mean, he had it all set up. He had this little, um, what's that? Heater, I think it was a heated. It was a box uh, where it just kept things heat, you know, warm or hot in there or whatever. He had it all lined up, man. I I don't want to make everyone hungry, but there were wings and ribs and it just went on and on. Pork, I think. It was just amazing. Yeah, the that pulled pork, that's what, oh, good. that was really good. That was that tasty. Was yeah. yeah. But it was wonderful food. Again, we're not going to dwell on it much because we don't want to rub it in on anybody. It was a great <laughs> We just want to say thanks because we appreciate it being there. Absolutely. So now what we need to do, we need to get over to Dutch Van Austin. Again, I'm bringing it back. Okay. We had a great time at the Ride Hard Saloon with the one, the only, world famous Dutch Van Austin, the author of Demons Rising, the story of the Wayward Scout, book number one. One in the series Life Behind Bars. And Deb is so proud to say that the book number one, because she's number one to read book number number two. two. (laughs) (laughs) And I am making progress, by the way. I think I'm about three quarters of the way through. So I should be wrapping up my preview of that fairly soon. And I know he's working on getting it to a publisher so that that book can be released. All right. Well, what we're going to do right now, because we've got still a lot left in this show and you're going to want to stay tuned because we have a very special person we'd like you to meet but in the meantime it's now time to turn it over to dutch van austin and raw and unapologetic well folks the uh the term howdy from last week was shouted down as an opening statement at the last stockholders meeting uh it was an intense meeting and everyone was screaming it's, I mean, it sounded like the opening bell at the stock exchange with a bit less personal insults being hurled at one another. I am running out of ways to open this segment. I, I guess my hopes that I'm going to be like the next Adrian Cronauer screaming to soldiers in Vietnam is, is waning. Uh, I tried greetings, but the really the only natural word to say next is earthlings. And I am not convinced that people who like this show are really all earthlings. And judging by the crowd that we met at my book signing party at the world-famous Ride Hard Saloon Saturday, uh, I am just more emboldened in that belief. But more on that later. But now for this dilemma, because this really needs to be rectified. I I asked uh, advice from Bubbles, and she suggested I start with, uh, hello. But I, I really don't think I could pull that off as well as she does for sure. I thought about just using uh, what I used to say when I first met a girlfriend's father, which is I shook her hands and I used to say, you know, your daughter likes her hair pulled and I, she likes to be spanked. Um, and that doesn't segue me into being raw and unapologetic. Or maybe it does. Huh? Yeah. Bubbles wants to know why I introduced myself that way to my girlfriend's fathers. I, I don't know. I, I just felt it was uh, info he needed to know. You know, let them know I won't try to hide things from them and that I'm an honest guy whose only goal was to please his little girl. No, not too often. It was received well. No. But but I didn't learn lessons all too well then, nor now for that matter. Anyway, this is a very inauspicious uh, start today. So let me again start with the intros. I'm just going to go back to greetings for, for, for the time being. Greetings, earthlings. Uh, from the sound studios known as Dutch's Man Cave, located in the sun coast of Florida. As stated, I am Dutch Van Alston. I am the author of Demons Rising, the story of the Wayward Scout, book number one in the Life Behind Bars book series. And I am raw and unapologetic, and proudly so, may I add. And I am also the author of the soon-to-be-published book number two of the Life Behind Bars book series, Rebellious Youth, The Lost Child. 
no, I did not watch the Super Bowl because I think that's what everybody's probably talking about at this point. I made it almost to halftime and then I was just, I was out. And, and that's really because I had way too much fun. Well, no, not too much. I mean, I guess there's no such thing as too much fun. So I'll go with just, I had a hell of a lot of fun at my book signing party at the Ride Her Hard Saloon, nestled in the opulent West Samoset section of the city of Bradenton, a neighborhood whose slogan is West Samoset. Come for the crooked mini-marts. Stay because you've been murdered. Uh, the hours for this little shindig was supposed to be from four to seven. We got a little late start setting up uh, the radio equipment. And by we, I mean Chuck, because to this day, I can't even like set the clock on my VCR, let alone set up all that technical soundboards and such. Um, besides, once I unscrew the cap on my mm, beverage, I am as useless as the trigger on a French army rifle. I mean, there's just no point in me doing much of anything after that. Deb rolled into town wearing her big red S on her chest and plugged this into that and that into this, and we were off and running. Uh, we aired live and their video uh, um, on the podcast, uh, meaning any bad decisions anyone made are now forever codified in a permanent record. Hey, we warned you. Y'all didn't listen. But what a great and raucous time there. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, not only did I sell every hardcover, I had two soft covers left, but the people there at the world-famous Ride Hard were the best crew ever. And I'm being, I'm being sincere. We had so much fun. I had uh, one woman holding uh, one of the soft cover paperbacks, uh, if you will, soft cover. And she said, I want to buy the other kind. And without thinking, as I often do, I said, okay, would you like a hard one? <laughs> and she just cracked up. If I was the type of man who got embarrassed, I, I would have been. But, I mean, she exploded in laughter, as did her old man. She even asked that I include the phrase, here's your hard one, in my signature. She kept telling everyone I was selling hard ones all night. You know, I, I love people with a sense of humor. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what you don't see in the biker community. I mean, the real biker community, not these little poser pretender communities but in the real biker community you don't see snowflakes you don't see sniveling whiny crybabies who believe their feelings trump everything else that anyone does and that just their waking moment is spent trying to be offended uh, by something or someone uh, and the ride hard is not a safe space it's not even a safe neighborhood but it's not in a safe space in the sense where your widow feelings matter there are no crying rooms. There is a place to barf out by the side of the building if need be, but uh, no safe spaces to cry in. Uh, they are the ones who love to say, I don't care what people think about what I say, but they are the first to go off when you say something they don't agree with. So they really do care about what you think and get angry that you are thinking differs from their own. And if you don't think snowflakes now own motorcycles, you are mistaken. They use the rent they don't pay to live in their mom's basement to buy a Harley. And they bring that sniveling little me, 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 me belief with them on the road. And yes, it's my road because I'm not going to share it with people like that. Ever. Uh, but anyway, back to this woman with the hard one request and her old man. They were those people I mentioned that are grown up and no laughter beats tears any day. The video of the whole night is available uh, I think it's on Chuck and Deb's show page. It's also on my Life Behind Bars book page. And I think it's on the Biker Life radio page as well. Uh, this event was old school. I mean, anything goes. Full of sin, full of debauchery. I, I love that line from, anybody remember the classic movie, Porky's? You, Miss Honeywell, are partaking in moral turpitude. Yeah, well, if Miss Honeywell was at the Ride Hard Saturday, she might have fit in very nicely. Uh, there was foul language, boobies flashing, and a great makeout scene with two hot chicks. Now, here's where I get to brag like some high school sophomore who just fell up the cheerleader behind the smoking lounge dumpster. One of those hot little chickies was with yours truly that evening. Yes, am I the man or what? Yay me! But it wasn't just about boobs flashing or chicks making out. and Ah, who am I kidding? Yes, it is. 
Well, okay, it really was about meeting new people. I did give a few books away. One guy I met stopped in to buy one um, for a veteran fighting a serious medical issue, and there was just no way I was going to make money off him. I think that's just like as classless as it comes. Um, I, I mean, given my military record with the Fort Benning jail, I figured I owed him at least that. And uh, one woman who flashed her tatas at me in such a way that, well, here's a book, dear. Mm, no, 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 no. You keep your money. You paid. <laughs> I did. I finally got to meet uh, BB Black in person. Uh, let me tell you, this lady is an absolute riot. So glad I met her. She did uh, interview me for her biker chiclet show. Um, I had a lot more friend requests on Facebook after that interview. Uh, BB appears to have quite a following. She is uh, she is the real deal. I was really glad to have met her. And as always, the true radio pros, Chuck and Deb, kept the dialogue flowing, set a great tone for the party, and it went well. It really did. It went beyond 7 o'clock. Uh, by the time I got loaded, uh, well, I mean, by the time I got the truck loaded, well, I was already loaded, it was late. I was hungry, and we decided to see if lightning strikes twice, and went to search for a sexy redhead at the local Waffle House. Uh, I recall my new friend Squirrel, who I've mentioned, met his sexy little thing at a Waffle House. I mean, against all odds. I mean, Waffle House, 2 a.m.? Sheesh. I mean, the search is elusive to me on a Saturday. And all I discovered there was, well, waffles. And a dead cockroach who came staggering out of the kitchen, gasping and wheezing and holding his little hands around his tiny neck, trying to survive. But... He gave up the ghost right there next to a plop of salsa when he picked up a used toothpick on the floor and just Harry carried himself right there on the spot. I mean, even he couldn't stand the toxicity of that kitchen. I thought maybe this one waitress was a possibility, but I think I blew it when she said to me, do you want sausage? And I quipped back, no, do you? And then I grabbed my crotch, but she seemed less than impressed. And I kind of surmised that when... Uh, my pancake came in the shape of a middle finger. So that is one love story that did not end like I wanted it to. And regardless of the weekend, I am up at four o'clock in the morning anyway. I don't care what time I go to bed at night. I have five dogs and they need to use the bathroom outside. So I uh, normally stay up at 4 a.m. And that is one of those things that used to mean something totally different years ago. Staying up at 4 a.m. Uh, God, it sucks getting old. Um, you know, back in my day, <laughs> we used to go from Coney Island to Yankee Stadium for a nickel on the subway with enough left over for a hot dog and a soda and a piece of taffy and a trip to the Whirlybird. Not like today with all these whippersnappers and their fancy sassafras iced teas. Well, back in my day, up at 4 a.m. was, well, a different meaning. Anywho, so I spent Sunday on my ass watching old reruns of Simon and Simon because I just didn't even have the energy to get the TV remote. Uh, I did make some homemade meatballs and sauce, but that was about it. It was an extremely unproductive day. Perfect, and I mean perfect weather for a ride, but not for a guy recuperating from the night before. Uh, but the Super Bowl, that's, where, that's how all this started, right? No, I didn't see it. The truth is, I'm not a big fan of football anyway, not just because I'm a Detroit Lions fan, although that certainly would be uh, reason enough. Uh, but football, not so much nowadays since the players and the broadcasters made it all about their political ideology and all that crap. And I, I was kind of reminded of that when I saw an interview before the game with Franco Harris. Uh, anybody who's over 40 probably remembers him. He was a phenomenal running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers years ago. And it reminded me when players had some class and some elegance. Uh, Harris never brought up his political affiliation, but the reporter did. And he said to uh, Franco, well, you know, you're a big Democrat and blah, blah, blah. And then asked some political question. And uh, Harris's answer was dignified, refined and one coming from an adult. He didn't get angry and start spewing hate and call those he disagreed with names and baseless, you know, baseless accusations and. And, and, and all that stuff you hear today. I mean, you can't disagree with certain sex, and, and that's S-E-C-T-S, by the way, sex, uh, about things anymore without being associated with Hitler at every opportunity. Everybody who disagrees with me is Hitler. 
this is kind of this is kind of where the vernacular is going in today's uh, political discussions. Uh, Franco Harris reminded me of I mean better days in football when men acted like men and not whiny narcissistic crybabies. I don't give a damn who he pulls the lever for or who he supports. Just be an adult. And Franco reminded me that uh, was at one time, at one time, the norm and not the exception. Uh, that type of refinement causes people to listen to what you have to say. The ones who lack confidence causes them to scream like fourth graders because they really do fear nobody's going to listen to them otherwise. Here's, here's it is in a nutshell, pun intended. Uh, you can command respect or you can demand it. Guess which one is better? Okay, my back hurts from being on this soapbox. I apologize for Norma Ray for pushing her off it and stealing the limelight. Uh, I have a plethora of questions backed up, and this is going to mark three out of the last four weeks. I was unable to manage my time effectively enough. Uh, but please, if you got a question you want right on the air, and, and I know I keep saying that and I don't do it, but message me, uh, check my website, message me on my website, just get your message to me and I, and I will send you an autographed copy of my book. Uh, don't forget to hit like on my Life Behind Bars Facebook series. Visit my website, www.dutchvanalston.com. Uh, hit like on Chuck and Deb's show and Biker Life Radio. Um, and as mentioned last week, we at Biker Life Radio will also be set up at Sarasota's Thunder by the Bay in Sarasota. We'll be there all weekend, starting Valentine's Day. What better way to start Valentine's Day than hanging out with me, huh? So until next week, folks, remember, ladies, Jack Daniels is talking to you. So listen to when he says, you know what, girlfriend? He really isn't that ugly. You'll be glad you did. Or I will be. One of us will. And from my atypical brain to your ears, this is Yabba Dabba Dutch signing off. Well, there you have it. Dutch gave you a little bit of an idea of what we experienced at the Ride Hard Saloon. It was truly bikers being bikers and it hanging was. out having a great time. And he did a wonderful job with everyone loved his book. And it was a packed house. Yep. It was a great and time. I was upset because there was some flashing going on and I missed it all. Yeah. I missed it all. Well, Deb. okay. You know, I mean, if there was flashing going on, at least I would have thought, you know, hey, Dutch said I put my head down one time I was working on the computer. It's always about work. You know, we were there working. We were working. That's for sure. You know, so. so we tried to get a good interview going and try to do some things and people were just having a great time. And a lot of things that were unexpected happened. Yes. <laughs> and so that just adds to the fun of it, I guess. Okay. It was a very unique evening. One I will probably not forget for a very long time. That's for sure. And a lot of things we're going on we just want to thank jesse james at the world famous ride hard saloon for allowing the biker life radio to be there and for hosting dutch on his book signing party because it was a great big success i mean people were lined up they were I mean, around the street it was raining freezing cold and they were all the only way they can manage it is they could only get people in like 10 or 15 at a time somebody told me 20 i don't know i wasn't paying to that but it pay attention to that but people were like being sort of shuffled through you know so that everybody could get the opportunity to, to meet the one Dutch. and only yeah. right exactly i mean so. it was just non-stop i it mean if you weren't there you really missed out i mean not only on the flashing but the other things <laughs> the other biker debauchery yeah biker life that's for that's sure. right that's serious biker life and there's a number of different aspects as we're finding to the biker life and it continues and remains loads of fun and i'm glad that you said that because our next introduction that we're really get, I'm excited because um, we have another, I don't know, moment with an amazing biker. And what's really cool is she's a biker chick, but she comes with a big, huge story. Badass biker chick. She is, absolutely. So uh, many in the, our local community know Charlie. Oh, yeah. And Charlie is very active in, in many circles within the motorcycling culture. And so Charlie was really very open with us to share a little bit about some things that she had been going on going on in her life. And, you know, I thought it was a great message and a great story for not only biker chicks, but all of us as humans, because it's all part of life. 
Right, exactly. And I think our listeners are going to be really glad to hear this. I, I actually, Deb and I actually think that Charlie has a very good message here. Yes. And so we're hoping that you're going to hear from Charlie more in the future, right here on Biker Life Radio. But we've got to get right to her interview, and we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Stay with Charlie, because you're going to love this. We'll be right back. But we are here with Charlie as Chuck is, like, doing his oh, own you got it. Jack thing. coming up. But Biker hey, Life Dutch. is all about a lifestyle. And I think uh, we are here with the number one person, Charlie, that has lived that lifestyle from beginning to end. And I think she recently had an understanding about what biker life really means. Because Charlie was dealing with some shit. We'll talk about that. And shit happens to all of us. It's like life. Whether you're a biker or not life, life happens to all of us. And so the idea is, is that, you know, Charlie had her own way of dealing with the shit. Yes. And so her way of dealing with it was just to kind of take some time for Charlie to reflect, to figure life out, to figure out what was important to her, where she was, what relationships were important. And more important than that was who Charlie is, I think. And I see that in her smile, absolutely. Rockstar. That's right. And so I just want to talk about Charlie and that kind of, I, I call it an aha moment because it's kind of a self-discovery, a life discovery, and what life is. Because even as bikers, we deal with the real shit of life. Life hits you in the face. That's All right. big time, doesn't it? And sometimes we gotta just figure out what that means to each one of us, and it's all different, you know? We just, life, life is life, and we all deal with it in a different way. And whether you're a biker or not, life is freaking life. And it throws things at all of us in a different way. And Dutch Van Alsen just walked up, and uh, I guess Deb and Charlie started talking about life. We're, we're talking about biker life, but life in general, life throws curves at you and oh, yeah. makes things happen to you that, you know, that you can totally unexpect. So absolutely it does but it's how you are and if you're prepared for those curveballs and even prepared it's like how you deal with it and then charlie had a unique way i think of dealing with that that was a little bit it was probably very common to most of us as bikers because what people don't realize even as radio personalities our natural tendency we're behind a mic people don't see us face to face and so the idea is is that when we're in our place of getting centered and figuring out what the heck is really going on with us you know we get in a place that's really perfect for us and that may look very different to many people but it's it's that personal place of getting centered so charlie talk about that everybody has their own story and i would like to say like uh, about a month ago i had to take a walk about and get off the grid um i'm very strong and independent woman and i ride my own motorcycle absolutely yeah she's a cool chick she is badass she is a badass biker she's a badass biker chick i'm my own worst enemy and i beat myself up too much um i had to go and you know take a breather and you know biker life reminded me that i have family here i'm a loner i'm a lone wolf i'm very gypsy and i ride by myself and I'm not going to wait for a ride or settle for anything less than I deserve. Good for you. I did for about five years. I am still recovering, but I had to remind myself that I can do it. Yeah. I'm strong, and we women can kick ass and do whatever we want. And I'm back, and Charlie's back. <laughs> oh, we yeah, love it that Charlie's back. That. And she knows she's back. And That's the most important part. That I'm back. But I how long did it take you, Charlie, Charlie, to get to that place where you knew... Charlie was back. Yeah, what did it take to get there? Because a lot of people can be stuck there, Charlie. And maybe how did you get your way out? Well, you have to remind yourself of your own happiness. Only you can make yourself happy. I love that. There's nobody else out in the world that you can keep looking for for your happiness. And I had to remind myself that I am happy and I can do my own thing and, and go hiking on the trails or riding my own motorcycle or getting on my own boat or doing whatever I want to do because that's my happiness and that's what people need to discover. Discover nobody else is going to make you happy but yourself. It's so, so what true. I hear Charlie saying is it's really a, it's, an, it's an inside job. And oh, you know, yeah. a lot inside. of what biker life is all about, it's all about what deal we, we deal with on the inside. And, and so many times yeah. we think about what the outside provides us. Exactly. It's like freaking crazy because especially I think as women, Charlie, we try and make everybody around us 
happy. And the only thing that can make everybody happy is tequila. Is to you be cannot, here on our side. You cannot make <laughs> Chuck, you didn't just say that. <laughs> you, you cannot make anybody else happy unless you're happy with yourself. Absolutely right. right. You got to love yourself before you can love anybody else. That's all right. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So she discovered that at this point in I time. Reminded myself. Reminded, I love that. That's yeah. Fantastic. That's so right. And that's like, that's how old I am. Because wisdom comes with it. But you're so young, Charlie. And, and what I have to say is probably Charlie. Like, I'm only 12, but uh, I have a lot of wisdom. But I remember when. I got my arm around her. I better hide. Yeah, really. They're going to get you. Yeah. So Charlie's probably younger than all the three of us combined. Yeah. And yeah. No, no. But anyway, I, I love that she shared her story because I want that to be a reflection of what really the community is because what Charlie didn't express is when Charlie was off the grid yeah the the biker community wondered what oh, the heck was going all, on all we were over all there. over oh, social media calls, they were calling jails and everybody worried about me and I didn't know or I, I was I didn't realize until they I came back and they helped me when I come back and then got back up on my own two feet again. I mean, absolutely. That's got to give, I mean, I think about it, it's sort of giving me chills, Charlie, because I think about if that was me and I was off the grid and all of a sudden I came back and now I got all, all these people that are out there wanting to help me, wonder what's going on. To find Charlie. Who can help Charlie? And then, Where is and then she? to come back Where into that. What's, well, I mean, that had well, to be they like... they all knew I could do it and they wanted me to do it and they gave me the push to remind myself that I can do it. You can do it, when yeah. When you're on your own, you beat yourself up. But your family, biker life, is my family. And that's what reminded me that um, I'm a human being. I'm, I'm loved. Yes. And, and, I, and they, they were actually your kickstand. That's right. And, I don't know. And it just I came to that. me. Just the, you know, they were holding you up, you know? Right. And, Whether uh, she knew it or not, we right, were all know. behind her. And knowing that whatever she was going through, we were there to back yeah. her up. As a biker community, I mean, absolutely. I, mean, I remember I, I contacted you, Dutch. Remember that? And that and that that really is just a bigger picture of what the whole biker exactly. subculture life is about. Correct. That's just, we all look out for one another. That's right. In That's a big right. way. In a big way. I haven't right. talked talk to Dutch in like five years yes. and that's how many people were concerned about me and that's good. I've been in this lifestyle for a while and I love everybody that I just started yesterday. <laughs> okay. He's dreaming well, bullshit. back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. So anyway, I just I, I just, just one more time just like to thank everybody that has supported me through my trials and tribulations and going down that rabbit hole which we've all been through we absolutely been, and can sometimes continue to but there's always but, something but only you can pull yourself out of it and if you're you know there's a whole life out there to enjoy there's sunshine and right. tomorrow is a brand new day you and got I, it and i'm very happy where i belong right and, now and see charlie this is the way i see you you're the sunshine. That's I'm right. You are right the sunshine. Now, my friends, yes. And I'm very happy to be who I am. Thank you, everybody. Absolutely. For oh, man. Yeah. We, we Thank you, Charlie, you so for joining us on you really Bike bring Your a Life lot Radio. To, to life. And, you know, it, to know you gives me a sense of freedom, honestly. And to know that you're out there living your life, doing your thing, and you call yourself alone with. I've always often thought of myself as alone with. Wolf, uh, if Wolf, I can speak yeah. right. Uh, but you know what? I, I'm not. And you realize, too, that you're not necessarily because you've got all of us out there watching out for one another. I'm never going to be alone. Absolutely. Nope. And one it's of so our daughters true. actually tattooed a wolf on her arm. Yeah. And the representation of that wolf was not that she's a lone wolf, that she is part of a bigger pack that watches out for one another. I and I that. saw that I truly when you were under the grid because I know... Yeah. We were concerned about you because we love you and we met you long, long time ago. And so I'm just so excited that you're back in the pack. And, and not only back that, up showing face. Not only that, but look at her. Yeah, the glow, that beaming smile. The ener yeah. energy. She knows. I mean, who doesn't back. want to be hanging around Charlie? Yeah, absolutely I mean, right. <laughs> Charlie just brings the positive energy and the love to everybody. That's why I say she's like sunshine. Thank you for I mean, the reminder. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely but you are. Right. You know, you and, are. and Deb said something. I don't want to make this about us, but Deb said something. You know, we're behind the microphone, but you know what we go through? We go what's called through, and I imagine Dutch does too. It's called the imposter syndrome. Right. You know, because we don't think we're 
good enough. We're good we're enough. Worthy. So you know, all that so happens we're to all of us. Always struggling with that, you know. It's but but it's life, life is we got to keep moving forward. We got to keep pound forward and stick with the people that stick with us and make the best of it. That's Absolutely, right. and believe in our story. You know, we believe in the mission that we're here to do, we're just which is fun. sharing we a little bit about fun. the Mike biker and mystique. We can bring fun to everybody else, and right. But you too, Charlie. Just by your smile. No, I love it. You cannot love that smile. I've been reading Charlie's Facebook page, and I want to give her something that she said she's been wanting all along, right? Yep. Okay. And that is a forehead kiss. Forehead kiss. (laughs) Oh. Oh. She is so wonderful. That means everything in the world. She's the sweetest gal ever. I want to make sure that we do get a picture of Charlie and with her bright smile so everybody knows what that's all about because you really, really are. You know what? You're an inspiration. You know, I, I hope to inspire other women out there absolutely. to get out of abusive relationships, right? And that they deserve way more, and the That's life right. is out there to enjoy oh. and make the best of it. That's okay, right. I started riding nine years ago because I decided I'm not waiting for a ride anymore, and I'm going to do it on my own. And I've had the best life. Life is what you make of it. Right. Absolutely. Deb, Charlie has a message. Yep. And I think we should help Charlie get that message out. Yeah, absolutely right. All so right. we're there. I'm so happy to see all the women riders out there. It's come a long way. Thank you. You bet. Thank, Thank you, you so Charlie. much, Charlie, you, for man. joining us. We love I you, love girl. You guys too. Thank, Thank you guys, too. Thank you for supporting me. You bet. We're here for you. That's really what, appreciate it. That's what Biker Life is all about. Oh, you're wonderful. Biker Life for Life. She has such an amazing message, and it's so heartfelt. I mean, she truly has been through it, whatever her it is, and has come out on the other side. And I I loved the fact that she talked about reminding herself, because what that means to me is that She's not been she's been in this place a couple of times and it's not as though it was a, a revelation for the first time. It mm-hmm. was just a re-reminding herself of who she really is. And she's found herself and she's back in the mix. And I just love that also that this biker community, I know we talked about that on the interview, is they were there looking for her, hunting oh, yeah. for her, searching for her. And as she mentioned, you may not have listened, people were calling hospitals, they were calling the jails, they were calling any place they could even think of or imagine where she might be people were reaching out to her employer it was crazy yeah i remember that specifically and i thought that was just so cool because i think i saw it again there you go the west coast florida writers right um and i think that's where i saw it and i talked to chris uh, because i wasn't sure of the circumstance and i actually then i talked to dutch because dutch knew jesse at the right heart saloon and apparently charlie had worked there before Correct. and so come to find out everything worked out fine but it was just amazing to see the biker community go out there and watch out one of their own right it, it and, was fabulous and and kudos to west coast florida writers i believe i've said this in in the past is that they have really captured social media for our motorcycle culture like I've not seen anyone else and just it's you know true. we hear story after story with um, RJ and now yeah. this it's just it, it is you need help reach out and guess what the the group they're is doing there some to, really good things there so go back absolutely let's, let's continue to finish up with Charlie and then we've got to wrap up with some things but yeah. Charlie was amazing I love Charlie she's a wonderful uh, lady and I'm looking forward to hoping to hopefully get to work for with her in the the future future. right i am so excited too because i do believe that there's so much more to her message than the little bit of time we were able to spend with her there at the ride hard saloon and so i'm excited to really reconnect with her in a different way to help those out there not just the riding community but women in general that maybe have struggled with some of these relationship issues or abuse issues and you know so I I can't I look forward to Charlie and I really having some time to talk about this and trying to formulate a way to really bring that passion to help others because this was actually a thought that you had earlier this year that you had written something down that was exactly if not similar to Charlie's so I think it would be really neat if the two of you could partner on that right and if uh, our listeners can understand and think that would be something great we want to hear that right so let us know what you think about that if you think that would be an official well we know it would be right for one and uh so that's something that uh we'll put together and hopefully bring to you in the near future correct in the meantime we've got some great things coming up again thanks to charlie we love you so much charlie look forward to seeing you again in the future and we'll be in touch with you so hanging out there but the thunder by the bay is coming up we are going to be there and we want you to be there 
to because we've got prizes galore that we're going to be giving away, okay? So you need to come out and see us. Absolutely. Thunder by the Bay is also a big fundraiser for Suncoast Charities for Children, February 14th through the 16th at the Sarasota Fairgrounds. Don't be surprised. There is a $5 gate admission per day. Not a big deal, but it's all going for a great cause. We will be there. We want to be sure we have a chance to meet you, talk to you, and you can share your biker life story with us as well. That's right. And the first person who puts a comment on our Facebook page about this radio show is going to get entrance for three days for free. Woo-hoo. So mention that you heard it on the radio and that you want your free three days to Thunder by the Bay. We've got to go. We appreciate and love you all. Thank you so much for listening. We can't wait to talk to you next week. I'm Chuck. And Dab. We'll talk to you later. See you soon. You've been listening to Biker Life Radio with Chuck and Deb, heard each Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. right here on 1490 AM, WWPR. We thank you for listening and invite you to join us next week. Don't miss the 22nd Annual Thunder by the Bay Music and Motorcycle Festival, February 14th through 16th at the Sarasota Fairgrounds. Presented by Rossiter's Harley-Davidson and SNS Motorsports. Bring your lawn chair and enjoy continuous live music featuring Warrant. On February 15th, enjoy over 100 vendors, two bike shows, freestyle acts, a craft beer garden, and more. Admission's just $5, 12 and under free. VIP and three-day festival passes are available. Proceeds benefit Suncoast Charities for Children. For tickets and more information, visit thunderbythebay.org.